0: to preaching tonight, if you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to start reading in verse number 33, some very familiar passage of scripture here out of the life of David. Uh, We have probably, uh, throughout the course of your life, there has been a multitude of messages uh, out of the story of David and Goliath, and uh, we are going to look here at some specific things as we are looking here In our sermon series on biblical foundations. And we have been preaching the last few weeks on uh, how the Bible teaches us the foundational principle of the fact that you and I, as God's children, we can walk and live a victorious Christian life Sunday to Sunday. Is Is that right? is it just is it just is it just four days out of the week that we can do it on a sunday and the next sunday or is it every day every day we can and so we've been looking at this truth and we've been looking at some things in regards to this and so tonight uh, we're going to look here uh, at some of these specifics, and the Lord's going to help us tonight. We're going to preach here in regards to this. But 1 Samuel 17, and starting at verse 33, if you're there with me, would you say amen? And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. In other words, you don't have experience, David. But David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Saul armed David with his armor. He put a helmet of brass upon his head and also armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go. Or in other words, he tried, he attempted to go. But he stopped, for he had not proved it, meaning he had not proved this armor. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David took them off. He put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put him in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. Tonight, if we can, last Wednesday, I preached on echoes of victory talking about how sometimes we are not earning or experiencing victory for ourselves, but we're looking to the past. We're looking to those who have had experience with God, and we, we share those testimonies, and we talk about those things, but we're finding more and more in the church today a generation that does not have a testimony for themselves does not have an experience of victory for themselves, And so we were talking about echoes of victory last Wednesday night. And this evening as we are preaching about victorious living, I would like to preach for a few moments on it is earned in experience. Victory is earned in experience. Amen. And if I could be most specific, it is earned in experience. Personal experience. If you want victory in your life, if you want to walk in victory, if you want to see these things, it has to be earned in personal experience. Amen. Won't you look at somebody and tell them, say, ain't nobody else can do it for me. Go ahead and tell them. Look at your neighbor and say, nobody can do it for you. Go ahead and tell them. Make sure they know the truth tonight. And they can't, can't nobody do it for you. Amen. It's got to be earned in personal experience. Let's pray together tonight. Father, I thank you once again for your faithfulness. And I thank you, Lord, for these uh, folks tonight. Every heart and life represented. Those that would be joining us through live stream tonight. I pray that your word go forth with that anointing, Lord, of the Holy Ghost. I know, Lord, your word will accomplish what it's sent to do. It's powerful. It's quick. It's sharp. And Lord, I pray that you would do that work. Speak to our hearts and challenge us. Let our ears be open and our hearts tender. Let us apply the word of God to our lives tonight. Meet with us, I pray, in these altars. I pray anoint my mind and lips to preach. Help me, Lord. Hide me behind the cross. Lord, we want you to be seen and heard. And Father, we thank you for all that you'll do. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. As I made mention, and as we've been talking about the victorious Christian life, and what this looks like, and as we examine it, uh, some of the things that we have talked about in the fact, and, and, and the way that I've addressed some of these things is in order to paint a clear picture of what something is, I have talked about what it is not. And sometimes that is one of the best ways to describe uh, what something is, is to is to uh, put in fact and say this is what it is not, and and we have talked about. Uh, living a victorious Christian life is—it is not just a feeling, uh, and it is not just a, a a moment that we cling to or the an experience that we had. As a matter of fact, I will say that Sunday night, all day Sunday was a beautiful day, and Sunday night there was just a very special presence of the Lord. If you were here, you know exactly what. We're talking about. And I know uh, that Sunday night, and I've even heard testimonies, folks have called and messaged and have told me about some things that they were specifically praying about Sunday night, how the Lord has helped them and brought victory in regards to particular situations. It was a service as to where God was moving in such a way. There wasn't a whole lot of exuberance, there was not a whole lot of what you might call excitement. Or emotion, There were some elements of that. But if you looked around this altar and if you looked around in the pews, there were tears that were falling. There was sincere worship. And there were folks just calling on the name of the Lord. And you could tell that God was speaking in a deep way, dealing in a deep way, revealing himself in things. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we will categorize a victory in a situation uh, kind of like we're guilty. Of categorizing revival, or how we might sometimes categorize anointing, we think it's associated with a lot of excitement, or a lot of zeal, or a lot of shouting, or a, a whole lot of spit and sweat and snorting and hooping and hollering. And, and there's going to be some of those things. Don't get me wrong. But what I will say is, is that sometimes I think that we are missing the fact that victory is right here, provided for us uh, by way of God and and the the accomplished work that Christ has done for us. We have looked in this sermon series on victory and the fact that victory has been provided and even promised to the child of God. But sometimes we overlook what victory is. Sometimes we're missing the mark because there are some that would say I don't feel victorious. Some would say it doesn't look victorious. Some would say well I, I don't have the sense you know that everything's really good. Or some would say I'm not really excited right now Brother Jacob. And some would say uh, there's more prayers that are unanswered that are answered. And, and and some might even say that, well, Jake, right now, if I'm honest with you, uh, it kind of feels like God's so far away from me. And and, uh, and so I want you to understand is that uh, we sometimes we miscategorize. We have a wrong idea of what victory is. And, and uh, we are thinking sometimes that it is only wrapped up in certain things. I have made very clear that we have to understand that moments and services like Sunday night what a blessing what a refreshing times of refreshing from the Holy Ghost these times are promised to us by God he has promised to meet with those that would pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways that he would bring healing to our lands and restore our hearts and restore our homes and bring renewal we find these things to be true but I want to remind you You again tonight is that maybe on this particular Wednesday, maybe this particular day, you've been up against some feelings, you've been up against some emotions, your family's been up against some things. Maybe you got some news that you didn't want to hear. Maybe there's been some things since Monday. Some of you said, Brother Jacob, I was just absolutely soaking in his presence Sunday night, all day, Sunday. But come Monday, I mean I've been fighting hell like no other. I want to encourage the child of God that if that might be the narrative of your week, if that might might be the condition of what's going on. I want to tell you tonight you're in good company. I want to tell you tonight, child of God, it doesn't mean God's forsaken you. I want to let you know tonight that even in the moments when you may not feel victorious, you might say, I feel weak. I feel pathetic. I feel powerless. I want to remind somebody it is not by your might and it is not by your power, but it by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And I want to let you know that despite your emotions and despite your feelings, and let me even say not to minimalize and not to negate what it is that you're up against and to say, well, you just ignore it. Well, you pray a little bit, it'll go away. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is despite those things, the truth still remains, Brother Gary, is we have been promised victory. As we will pursue the Lord, His presence, standing on His promises, amen, believing Him, having faith in regards to know that God will do all that He said that He will do. I want you to know tonight, and as we had said last Wednesday, is that it's alarming. It's alarming at how many are looking, and they're, they're looking for residual victories. Echoes of the past, something that mom and dad did, something that brother Clinton and did, something that something that a pastor that you that you love appreciate, a minister, whatever your grandma and grandpa might have a tremendous testimony. They might have been men and women full of God, full of the Holy Ghost, prayer warriors, ministers, servants of God. Maybe there's things that you saw in your life, whatever the case might be, where God had worked through them. And I thank God. I thank God. I. Shared the last Wednesday. I'm glad I've got people, Brother Coleman, in my life that I can look at their life and I see the evidence of God working in them. I've been a, a, a privilege to be a part, a man of their family, uh, whether they was in my family or we had direct contact with certain people, and can share in the, the testimonies that they had, as my life was impacted by some of those things. However for Sister Anna. We've got to be careful in the fact that it cannot turn into uh, as to where every time we're going to testify, if I'm going to have a testimony, it cannot always be about, well, let me tell you about what God did for Brother Benjamin Torbert. And it can't always be, well, let me tell you what God did for Eddie or Sister Polly or Sister Sandy. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves in a dismal place. We find ourselves sometimes in a defeated mentality and all we're doing is looking around and listening for the echoes of victory of the past and I'm not here to re-preach last Wednesday night's message but to just remind us tonight as we transition from that message into this message, I want you to understand that who you are and where you are and where your family is and what's going on in your home, Michael, and in your children, in your life, Brother Keith, these are things, thank God for people around us that serve Him. Thank God for people around us that have a testimony. But Brother Hill, I believe with all of my heart, if there's one thing that is needed in this hour and this day, it is not a people who can only point to a personality in a pulpit, point to a denominational name, show off a church membership card. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't doesn't. doesn't matter. It has no no matter upon where you are right now. If you had somebody in your family who served God or if you have somebody in your family, if all of your family was heathens and devils but you're here tonight I want to tell you the narrative of what was said then but tonight there is a time and a place for God's people to get into a place and say God I need to experience you for myself. I need to know you for myself. I've got to pray for myself. I've got to serve you on my own. Hallelujah. We have the great body of Christ. We don't forsake, we, we preach, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. The need of fellowship, the need of coming together. There's something powerful. Sister Gloria, when we're all in the same place of one mind and one accord. And the Spirit of God moves in a house. And we we sense and we worship together and pray together. I'm not talking about those things. You know I'm a proponent of that. You know I believe in that. But Sister Linda, the truth is, is that we have only certain times of that. There's times that the lights are out and the doors are locked and you've got to deal with some things on Tuesday and you've got to deal with some things on Thursday Michael and sister Sandy you've got to deal with some things on Friday and we look around and we, and we see and we're finding that more and more there are people that when they are up against things when it comes to a daily walk there are some that are kind of scratching their heads wondering what do we do how are we going to make it some that would say I'm just falling apart how am I going to press how am I going to pray I thank God that there's folks I can call and say would you pray with me could you believe God with me there's some folks brother Keith that if there's something going on I know they can get a hold of God and I'm glad I can call them oh but friends we cannot just make we can't just phone a friend we can't just phone a friend and leave it there. Oh, well, I need you to I need you to pray with me. That's great. You can pray with me, Michael. I can pray for you. But when that phone call ends, there's some things you've got to do. There's some things you've got to believe God for. There's some battlefields you're stepping on. There's some situations you're up against. And it's your family, Brother Heath. And it's your children. And it's your grandbabies. And it's all these things. Oh, and can I tell you tonight... There are some experiences that you're facing right now. There are some battlegrounds. There are some places in your mind and in your emotion as to where you're trying to figure out what's God going to do? How's this going to work? And can I have the victory in this? And I want to tell you tonight is that you can see victory earned. Amen. Well, Brother Jake, I, I didn't think it's by works. Oh, no. Salvation is not by works I can't earn my way to be saved brother Tobin I can't be good enough to be saved but I do know this is that he that saved me he called me to be a soldier and to endure hardness as a good soldier and we have a mentality in the church today nobody wants to be in a precarious situation nobody wants difficulty nobody wants struggle nobody wants calamity or conflict like we were saying Sunday morning but I'm going to tell you when you have signed up when you joined this army when you took that pledge of allegiance to the Lamb of God brethren and sister I want you to know that hell took notice and there is a fight for your eternal soul and we have to be counted worthy and we will be tried by fire, what well, the Word of God says. So that lets me know it's not if these things happen, it is when. When we are in these places, when we are in these furnaces, when we are facing these giants. As we look at this, I want you to understand tonight a couple of things in the fact that we must. Understand that victorious Christian living, as I said, it is going to be found in your experience. God wants to expose his power and his might to you. He wants to. He wants to. He wants to show himself powerful. He wants you to have an experience. And we're going to talk next week on why this experience, your personal experience, is necessary and the way it relates to other people's other people we are all too often looking at other things instead of engaging in our own situation i want you to know that there is a tendency that instead of victory being earned and experienced there are folks that are looking for escape there are folks that are looking for a way out did you know tonight That in our churches, there are some folks that continually come to services with a chip on their shoulder. Looking for something that they can make an exit. Looking for something to offend them. Looking for something. And sometimes we dig deep. Sometimes our imagination runs wild. Sometimes it's situations because here's the truth, it is easier to look at and blame others call them cliques, call them clubs, call it this, call it that, blame a pastor, blame a worship team, blame a church, blame this, whatever the case might be, there's plenty of blame to go around. But the truth of the matter is, is there are some that you have to understand that when you earn that victory, for victory to be seen in your life, is that it is important and it is imperative that where God has planted you, then be planted there, bloom there. Did you you know that in the planting and in the growing that the last thing that comes on that tree brother torbert is the fruit everything else has to happen first the roots have to run deep it has to be watered it has to have received sunshine and sunlight it has to have some fertilizer It's got to have some stuff in that tree to get strong, and then it goes and blooms, and then it grows. And sometimes that fruit tree's got to be pruned, and the Holy Ghost comes by, and he does some clipping on us. And sometimes it's the Spirit of God. And did you know is that sometimes God will allow people to do some pruning in your life. Well, I just don't like them. Well, they're not like me. They rub me the wrong way, whatever the case might be. I use the terminology, it's heavenly sandpaper. God will use some folks as heavenly sandpaper. And they'll come and they'll knock some of the edges off of you. Hallelujah. They'll come and they'll they, their personality, their conversation, their craziness, their things. Hey, man, it gets you kind of fired up and gets you kind of worked up. But you ought to thank God because God... God will use some of those things to shape. He'll use some of those things to clip. And we walk around all the time and we're saying things like, Sister uh, uh, Sister uh, Chambly, I'm looking at her and I couldn't remember her name. Sister Chambly, uh, I, I, I'm 43. That happens a little bit now and again. Amen. But there's things that happen, Sister Chambly. We are oftentimes the church. Let me just put it this way. We love to talk big. We love to boast about what we have. We love to look around. Come on here. We're a part of a church that has a very powerful legacy. A very strong heritage. And I thank God for it. But we can't stand around and boast about heritage all of our life. We can't stand around and preach legacy all of our our life. Sister Lord, there's fruit you've got to produce in your life. I can't stand around and say well, I'm in the same pulpit. B.H. Clendenin and Brother Turnage was in. No sir, there's some things that God has to do in Jacob Smith. I can give honor, I can give reverence but Brother Danny, when God took me and picked me up, I don't know how in the world I got here only by the hand of God but when he planted me in this house it was not for me to stand around and say look at me but it's because there's some victories I've got to earn in my life there's some fruit God's wanting to produce in me but that fruit is often the last thing that comes and we get so impatient we want fruit right away we're wanting to we're wanting to disrupt process and we're wanting to disrupt and so therefore we don't like it when we're facing the elements We don't like it when the fertilizer of life is dumped on us. We don't like it when we're going through some tough stuff. But that's where victory is discovered. That's where a personal experience with Christ, where you learn Him, Brother Michael Shirley, in ways you've never known Him before. If you had never went through that brain tumor, there are things that you would never know about God like you do now. It just wouldn't. Brother Marvin, there's some hurts and some pains and some things in your life, just like everybody else, some stuff that you come through, and in that, God showed himself in ways. You would never know it. You wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been the fact that in those things that you got the victory. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't show up the next day. When I say victory is earned, it's because it comes to those and it is available to those who will prove themselves faithful, who will prove themselves consistent, who will prove themselves submitted to the will of God, and who will surrender themselves to say, Lord, whatever you want to do, that's what I'm willing for you to do. But I've got to know you. I've got to experience you on my own. I want you to understand is that the enemy will always do his best to make you feel like you are never ready or able. Saul told David, he said, you're not able to go out there and fight. He had a whole army, men of valor, warriors of Israel who were hiding out and nobody making a move because fear had consumed them. Fear consumed them. And I want to tell somebody tonight is that there are some that you never step out in place to earn that victory. Because somewhere along the way you've been made to believe you can't. You just can't. You're just, you're incapable. You're not, you're not strong enough. You're not made of it. And every time something comes along, it breaks you down. And every time something comes along, you crumble and fall under the pr- the pressure. Every time temptation knocks on the door, you give in to it. Every time that there's something that comes up against you, I mean, you're just falling apart emotionally, and and you got to discuss it with everybody, and you got to start gossiping about everything, and and you're falling apart, and then you're mad at everybody, and then you then you start just saying stuff, and all these things. These are signs of. Immaturity. That's immaturity. I don't care how old you are. You can be a golden teen. But if that is how you respond to those things, then brother, sister, you are immature in Christ. There's no other way to say it. I'll say it with a smile. Immature. Immature. Immature folks turn to gossip. Immature folks tear others down. Immature folks think they have to backslide every week. Immature folks always give in to everything and and you start to develop a pattern. The enemy shows up and says, see, I told you you can't. I told you you just can't do it. You're not able to do this. He went on to say, he said, you're just a youth. He said, but he, the Philistine Goliath, he's been a man of war since his youth. You see, you you can't go against this adversary. You can't can't go against it Gloria how in the world are you you're not intelligent enough you're not smart enough you don't have the you don't have the resources because in all of these things we can look around and yes compared to Goliath David was minuscule yes compared to Goliath there was a lot of things where David looked deficient but one thing David said he told Saul here's what I know he said I have experience I want to tell Saul somebody in this house that when the enemy has yelled in your ear and told you you're no good and say that you can't and it's not for your family there needs to be some folks that you have experienced some things in God where you can that's why you've got to have personal experience so you can stand and say but this is what I know this is what I've seen this is what God has done for me come on here we developed as children of God we develop an only child syndrome as children of God now I was an only child Ashlyn's an only child my parents worked hard now brother Coleman don't get me wrong I know mama's going to listen to this later and I don't want her to call me and get on to me and said you lied to them people Because there were some things, Brother Ben, you're an only child, you know this, there are some benefits to being an only child. Come on here. I didn't have to share my toys on Christmas morning. It was all for myself. Come on here. There were certain things that I got to do, and certain things, but because I didn't have a house full of brothers and sisters and all this kind of stuff. But but my parents, they worked very hard and believed very much in the fact that you can have some benefits as a child in our home, the only child in our home, but you're not going to be rotten, you're not going to be spoiled. And there were things I worked for. And there were things that I did. And, and, and that, is the same, that is the same mentality that, I, that, I, that we have been doing our best to instill in our daughter. Are we perfect? No. Are you perfect? No. But there are some things that, oh, she's got some wonderful ideas. There's a lot of things she wants mom and dad to do. And there's things I just I say, I ain't doing it. It's just not going to be done. You're going to have to do it you want that thing you're going to work and you're going to save money if you want to take part in that you're going to have to do this and you're going to have and what I'm getting at is we have been so conditioned we have found in the church that we have been conditioned that we are serving a God that just gives us any and everything oh that if you want to know the love of God you just ask him and he's going to give you this and he's going to do that and we've got a whole generation of people that believe that victory shows up when there's material blessing when things have been handed to him and given to him, and that's why, and all it's developed is weakness. All it's developed is a, is a situation where we're sitting around and we're not doing anything because we're waiting on God to do everything, and He provides, brother Heath. He can do things that I can never do. I know that, and you know that. But there are some things can I tell you? God don't want you rotten. God don't want you spoiled. But He wants you to be in a place that. Yes, you trust your Heavenly Father. You recognize He's your provider. You recognize He's provided the victory. But Sister Chambly, we have to be willing on our own to step out, to believe, to walk, to war, to pray, to persevere so that we can grab a hold of those eternal and precious promises that God has for us. We find that David said, he said, this is my experience. He said, I know that there is victory because I have seen God do this. He did not say, I saw God do this for my daddy. He did not say, I saw God do this for my brothers. He said, when that lion and bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, he said, I, I smote him. I took him by the beard. I delivered the lamb out of his mouth. And therefore, God will give me this Philistine. He will give me this Philistine. We walk in victory as we look at personal experience as to what God is doing. So therefore, can I tell you tonight, don't run from, don't look for a quick escape. Don't look for an easy way out. I told you, victory doesn't always look like victory and don't always feel like victory. Sister Linda, there's times that victory comes through many days and hours and tears in a prayer closet. Sometimes, Sister Linda, it's through days of fasting. Sometimes it's through days of, I mean, Brother Torbert, where it seems like every time you turn around, anybody ever have a, about a good month where where it seemed like every day, I mean, you just, you know, you get punched one way and you kind of stagger, and you get hit another way, and, and <laughs> come on, and there are sometimes you fall on the mat and they're about to count you out. You say, "Okay, I'll get up again." and there's times like that and it doesn't look victorious and it doesn't feel victorious. But there is something that has to resonate inside of us in the fact that we have personal experience. There are things that God has done for you and through you and what he's doing in you. David went on to this, some would say it was extreme. Saul said, okay, this is what you're going to do. I ain't going to talk you out of it. He said, go ahead. Go ahead. And God be with you. I believe Saul perfectly thought that they was going to be burying this boy. And he says, well, I I can't just send him out there unprepared. And so he gives him his armor. He gives him his gear. And David said, he said, I can't go out there like this. He's out there trying to maneuver in somebody else's stuff. He said, I haven't even proved it. What does that mean? He said, I haven't worked with it. And he said, and I haven't been in battle with it. He said, I don't know it. I don't know it. I worked with a gentleman for a, a couple of weeks. This was in around 2005. And uh, he had a little construction company. And uh, he, was, he did a little bit of everything. He would do some small building projects. He would do some painting. He would do flooring. He could do roofing. He would do just about anything. And he had, uh, he had a, a, a contract. He was getting ready to spend a whole summer painting an entire school on the inside. His crew was taking care of all the painting. And uh, he had, Brother Torbert, he had working man hands. You, you shook his hands and you could feel calluses on his hands. And uh, I was with him one day. I was helping him with a roofing job. And he was one of the fellows who let me know that I wasn't called to be a roofer. I thank God that He gave me that revelation, and uh, but He was getting ready for this job, and He was talking with uh, one of His workers, and His worker was going to be going and picking up some of the supplies as they was getting ready to start the painting job. And He said uh, He was talking about brushes and rollers and things of that nature, and He had a list and had it all itemized and had everything there. And uh, they they asked him. He said, uh, "Well, what what about?" Do you, uh, there's this many brushes, but what about you? He said, oh, I've, I've got my paintbrush. He had a paintbrush that he had used for a long time, a wooden paintbrush. and He told me, he said, look here, Jacob. And he held his hand out, and he had particular calluses. And he said, the paintbrush I use, he says, it fits right there in those calluses. He said, and I can knock out some paint. He says, "Is it rest?" he says, it's evidence of the fact, he said, I have experience with that brush. And I always thought about this, and for some of you preachers, this would be a good message to preach. I thought thought to myself, because David put all that stuff down, and he went and he grabbed that shepherd's staff, and I can't help but think, Brother Torbert, that when he held that staff, if you ever shook David's hand, that there was some calluses on there where he kept holding that staff. I believe there was a spot on there, Brother Wade, you know how wood can do, a spot that was discolored where his hand sat. Smooth stones he picked, but he had a calloused hand. And it testified, Brother Gerard, of experience. He said, I'm going to grab this staff. He grabbed those stones, and we know the story. He got a sling, and he went out after that giant. But all of these things related to the effect that he had personal experience. He had earned victories. And Brother hill he was getting ready to earn another victory that was going to completely catapult him into the position and the call that God had on his life. I want to tell somebody tonight That you might be in some muddy, murky situations. You might be, I mean, just inundated with things and feelings and all the things that are going on. But God is wanting you to know is that that experience that you're in right now, that's what victory looks like. What do you mean by that? You're going to find victory through that. You're going to find victory in that situation. You're going to find victory coming up out of that. This ain't a race. Tobin, you ain't got to compare your victory to Michael. And Michael, you ain't going to compare your victory to Brother Torbert. It ain't a race. But it's about being consistent and staying faithful. And saying, Lord, what are you doing to teach me some things? What are you doing to grow me? What are you doing to produce fruit in my life? What are you doing, Lord? Brother Danny, if you'd come. Sister Carolyn, we look around sometimes and we get so envious of other people. I remember as a younger man and a young preacher, there was men of God I looked up to. And Sister Laura, I thought, they never have a bad day in their life. I thought, man, everything in their world is perfect. And I come to learn that was Far from it. Some of them, as I got to learn them on a personal level, I saw firsthand some of the battles and some of the things that they had been through and seen some situations that had had been a part of their experience. But it's what made them who they were. It's what made them. It's what produced victory in their life. And so, if I can tell somebody tonight... Don't sit and just despise where you are. Don't sit and just be angry and mad. Don't quit wasting time, effort, and energy always looking for an escape. But rather understand that there are some victories that are going to be earned, that are going to be won. There are some experiences that God's going to work in my life. And I'm going through this. I'm walking in this. I'm experiencing this right now because God's going to do something with it. He's going to do something with it. I had a conversation with a brother a couple nights ago. And I was talking about just things from in the past of ministry and different places and different experience that we had. And I said, here's what I've learned is that one experience built on the other. And built on the other. And built on the other. To produce something in my life because God knew what I would face here. What I would face right now, in this moment, in this season. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows it all, Sister Linda. Some things that don't make sense, some things that if you could, you would undo and some things if you could change, I know that you would, but on the same token. If it did change, your testimony wouldn't be what it is today. You wouldn't know Him like you know Him today. All of us can say that to an extent. I pray tonight the Lord encourage a heart. I pray tonight that God helps somebody to understand that where you are right now in particular places, that there are victories that God is working and that He's doing. It may not look it, feel it, or seem it, but it doesn't detour from the fact. David, Sister Joy, he had no doubts that he was going to be victorious. No doubts. He knew, Brother Michael, that victory was already promised, he knew that victory was his. I didn't read the scripture where there was a burning bush Where God spoke to him and said You go fight Goliath and you're going to win I didn't see where an angel of the Lord showed up at the brook Where he got the five smooth stones and said You do this, you're going to win Those things didn't happen It was that he knew Based upon his experience Personal experience Thank God for people that have helped me Love me and still do. But Brother Hemphill, truth is, is that myself and you as well, there's things on my own. I've got to learn. I've got to go through it. I've got to see God for myself. I've got to know Him for myself. Every head bowed. Every eye closed tonight. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. And I thank you for your word and I thank you for your promises and Lord tonight you see exactly where we are and I don't know I don't know the details I don't know the specifics but tonight I I think it's safe to say that in this house Lord there are some people that are a little disillusioned there are some folks that feel a little bit despondent there might be some that maybe the enemy has told them even today There's no way you're able to see this through. Maybe tonight the Holy Ghost would convict us the way that we have been handling some things. Maybe we've been trying to blame somebody or we've been trying to look look at somebody else to do it for us and help us and solve the problem for us. But tonight, God, you're reminding us that these are things that are going to be earned through our own personal experience. You want to prove yourself real to us, and you want to show yourself powerful in our lives so that we have testimony, so that we are able to stand and say, I know what God can do because he's done it for me before. That's what David's testimony was, and I pray you'd help us tonight. Church, again, I don't know every specific. I don't know all the details, but here's what I do know. You're a child of God. I know there's things you fight. I know there's things that we're all up against. I know there's things that go on in our minds and our families and in situations. And it may not look or feel or seem like victory, but God's wanting to produce it in our lives. But we're going to have to walk through it. We're going to have to pray it through. We're going to have to be faithful and consistent. We're going to have to stick with it. And it's going to produce great testimony in our life. We're going to see things of God that we've never seen before. Tonight, if that's you, if you'd say, I want that experience. Lord, help me that I recognize that's what you're trying to do in my life. Lord, challenge my mind. Challenge my heart. Forgive me, Lord, if all I've done is set and throw up my hands and look for a way of escape. But, Lord, there's some things personally you're trying to do and speak to me. If that's us, why don't we come? Find ourselves a place in these altars. Why don't we come tonight and spend some time in His presence? Why don't you come and find yourself a place to pray? Say, Lord, tonight, what are you saying to me? Lord, tonight, what are you revealing in me? Lord, tonight, what are you speaking? Lord, tonight, what are you walking me through? What am I, what am I going through right now? What are you trying to reveal in me? What are you, what are you purging? What are you producing in me? Oh, Lord. I pray you'd help us. I pray you'd help us. Let us see. Let us see the need. Lord, help us to understand. We have to have a personal experience. We have to have personal victories. We must, we must endure some of these things. We must go through some of these things because you're shaping us. You're helping us. You're revealing yourself to us. Lord, we love you tonight.